You're listening to Conversations with Mashi only on 101.9 High FM. Aguten Erev Shabbos. I'm Mashi Lipsker. This is High FM. And we're getting closer to Rosh Hashanah. And as we get closer to that special day when we coronate the king, when we reaffirm our commitment to partnering with God, to making his world a dwelling place for him, we have parshas that we read, Torah portions that directly inform, inspire, uplift, direct us in how to prepare, in how to use this very special time in the run-up to Rosh Hashanah in the best way. So we've had parshas that have spoken, that have given us inspiration in terms of making choices in terms of inner discipline, in terms of accepting the guidance of a Torah mentor. The Parsha this week begins with the words, if you go out to war upon your enemies. Are we a nation that likes to wage war? Hashem is peace. We love peace. Nevertheless, in a spiritual sense, our entire lives are a, li- a life of struggle until the Mashiach comes. Before the soul comes down into this world, it looks from its heavenly perspective where there's peace, where there's light, where there's clarity, there's truth. And it looks at this world where there's darkness, confusion, evil, greed, uncaring. There's so much that it sees people waste their lives on. And the neshama is frightened. But Hashem tells the neshama, These lies are merely concealments. These lies are merely challenges that every neshama, every human being is going to face. And choices have to be made. But the neshama is frightened. It looks so dark, it looks so difficult, and it is difficult. But Hashem says, Al Oivecha, you will have the upper hand against your enemy. And Hashem will deliver your enemy into your hands. And not only that, Vishavisa Shivyoi, you will actually be able to take back what the enemy has captured from you. We have a promise. That no matter how dark, materialistic, selfish, how greedy the person becomes, no matter how difficult the challenges are, we can have the upper hand. Why is that? First of all, to understand that life is not meant to be a peaceful life until Mashiach comes. We are going out to war. What does it mean? When you will go out, say our true selves, it's an area, it's a being of peace. To go out to war means to leave your natural state, because fighting is not natural. Our neshama's native environment is peace. It's godliness. It's that peaceful, infinite, divine consciousness which it experienced in heaven before entering the confines of the body. So our neshamas, which is really our essence, 
which is really what we're all about. It's our eternal aspect. Our neshama originates in God's essence. There, evil has no power. Evil has no power, God forbid, against God's essence. We have the upper hand over evil even before we come down into this world to begin the battle. For we have an aspect of chelik elikamimal, God's essence. And therefore we will be aloi vecha, upon, above, more powerful than our enemies. And that position we maintain throughout our lives. Throughout our lives, if we try, when we take a step to vanquish evil, and we have to discuss what is this evil, we are ensured that we will win. In other words, it's not really a fair battle to start with, but we cannot sit quietly. We have to take initiative. It helps to know that Hashem only created evil in the first place in order for us to have that challenge, in order for us to be truly, truly active and part of making this world a dwelling place for Him. We're a partner. And for both of these reasons, number one, we'll always have the upper hand. Number two, evil was only created in order that we vanquish it. And therefore the Torah says, don't worry, Hashem will certainly deliver your enemy into your hands. What is evil? What is the enemy? There are obvious and subtle enemies, as it were. And if this is an instruction from Torah, obviously it's an instruction to each and every one of us. So let's take it from the realm of picturing people with swords and shields and uniforms and battle cries. Let's bring it home. And let's mention a story that we have mentioned before. Remember the story about the woman who came to the Rebbe? She was a sought-after lecturer. People really wanted to hear what she had to say. They flew her from one state to the next in America. And this woman, who was also a wife and a mother, etc., came to see the Rebbe for a bracha. And she was finding it difficult to prioritize, to juggle the roles. She was a mother. She was a daughter. She was a wife. And then she was this public speaker. And she felt, obviously, that some of her commitments were suffering as a result of her needing to spread herself so thin. She waited for her turn to stand in front of the Rebbe. And when her turn came... She asked the Rebbe for the following blessing. She said, I'd like to ask the Rebbe for a brocha, a blessing, that I be a good mother, a good daughter, and a good wife. And she actually had thought about it, and she felt that the way she presented it was right. These were the roles she was fulfilling at that time. The Rebbe very gently said to her, a good wife is the most important. Yes, yes, the woman replied, a bit distracted. And now the Rebbe grew more serious and repeated the point for emphasis, a good wife is the most important. We have so many wonderful things that we do on a daily basis. Thank God we're not involved in fraud and crime, God forbid, in murder and the terrible things that we hear about on the radio. We're busy being a giving person. I give. I work. I care for, I nurture. The question is, what about the order of these things? The question is, is there a battle just to do good? Or is there also a struggle to prioritize? 
We'll speak more about that after this short break. You're listening to Conversations with Mashi only on 101.9 High FM. I'm Mashi Lipsko. This is High FM. A good nerf Shabbos. And we're speaking about the Parsha. And the Parsha speaks about going to battle. And I doubt that any of us is in the army or going to battle or certainly not going to battle today. But we have our own battles, big and small. Before the break, we spoke about the Rebbe saying a good wife is the most important. How do we choose? How do we decide? How do we prioritize? We need the guidance of Torah. We need the wisdom, the infinite, eternal wisdom of Torah. As a Torah mentor, Asay Lechor Rav is going to give it to you. We want to nurture all our relationships. We want to give. We want to be. But we have human limitations. We can only do one thing at a time if we want to do it well. And the Rebbe was saying there is a priority. He was saying nurture your relationship with your spouse. The other relationships will follow. So much wisdom in that statement. Let's talk about other priorities. Let's speak about the priority of which job to choose. Or when we're faced with two good things, what do we choose? And the answer is, you should choose something that you cannot delegate. Many of us are not good at delegating. We're good at things, and we want to do it, and we want to do it all. Remember the story or the um, teaching that if a person is good at polishing gems, but he spends his time baking bread, he's transgressing. He's not using his God-given abilities. Ah, you might say baking bread. Bread is a staff of life. I want to nourish people. And the answer is that God has given each one of us our own set of abilities with which to make our portion of the world a dwelling place for God, with which to reveal the inherent godliness in that place. Very often the godliness is held captive, and we can redeem the captives through engaging with honesty, with love, with integrity, with dignity, with a tremendous amount of gratitude, recognition that we're not here on our own. So when a person can polish gems, but he's baking bread, he could say, I'm feeding all the poor. I'm making big pots of soup, but I'm getting out there and people's tummies are being filled. The question is, are there things that you can do, God-given abilities that nobody else can do for you? And can these other things be financed, delegated? Yes, we want to do the most good we can in the world, but we need guidance. And a person who chooses to bake bread when he can be polishing gems is called Choyte Benafshay. He's transgressing against his soul. Our soul is an actual part of God above, which comes down into this world, torn away from the heavenly clarity in order to engage in this world for 60, 70, 80 years till 120. To prepare the world for Mashiach, each one in their own area based on not only place and time, but also the person. It's called Olam Shono Nefesh. Each one of us, where we are, when we are, completes the world in a way that others cannot. 
You know, some people, they are so kind. They take their husband's hard-earned money and they buy groceries and they give it to other people and they give lifts to people and uh, get taken advantage of very often, etc. because neither the giver nor the recipients knows boundaries. Sometimes our battle is boundaries. We battle to make good choices, good choices in friends, good choices for our health, good choices for our work, with our time, with our energy, with our talents, choices, toiv vora, big choices, small choices, self-control, boundaries, get into bed on time, control yourself, take counsel, Torah gives clarity, Torah gives counsel, kiseitse, go out, don't assume that you have all the answers, go out of yourself. And that also means don't just do what feels nice. Don't just do what you like. And that's that story of the Chassid who was so kind, a wealthy man who was taking care of his orphaned nieces and nephews, and he was doing business and he lost all his money and money that he had borrowed or taken in order to invest for other people. And he came to the Alter Rebbe and he said, look, Rebbe, all I need is to be able like, to marry off these children and to pay back my debts. He wasn't even asking for himself. And the Rebbe looked at him and he said, what I'm hearing you say is what you need. But what you are needed for, you're not telling me. We are needed in this world for something. And then he said, you do what Hashem wants and he will give you what you need. Because the situations of difficulty that we find ourselves in, the challenges are from Hashem. The challenges are not things that we need to feel guilty about. We made bad choices, da, da, da. Yes, there is a place for owning up. That's called teshuva. Regret for the past. Stop doing what was in the past. Admit what you did and make a resolution for the future. But don't get stuck in it. That's self-pity. The world is waiting. Hashem is waiting. Our infinite gifts that each one of us carry are waiting. And often, it's not what I like that I should be doing. But to think, what am I needed for now? And to become as rational as possible. You know, emotions are great. Passion is great. And we want to talk about that in a moment. But if we allow passion to rule us, then we lose clarity, and direction. So how do we use emotion? We are human beings whose intellect is higher than the heart. Our minds are higher physically than our heart. That's why we walk upright. Unlike animals who walk on all fours, we walk upright. So the mind can rule the heart. And how we view an emotion is that we look at it rationally before we jump in. Yes, my heart is beating. I'm attracted. I like it. Stop. Think. What are the long-term repercussions? Take counsel. And that has to do with everything. I love this dress. Can I afford it? I like this friend. Is she good for me? I want to buy things. I want to eat things. I want to go places. Think of the consequence. And if it's good, 
Give it your all. Do it with passion. We'll be right back after this short break. You're listening to Conversations with Mashi only on 101.9 High FM. Good to be back with you. I'm Mashi Lipsker. This is High FM. And we're talking about using the month of Elul based on the Torah portions. And the Torah reading that we have this week is called Ki Seitze. Ki Tetze. And the translation is, if you will go out. If you will go out to wage war upon your enemies. What does it mean to go out? What does it mean? Who are the enemies? And spiritually we're told that each one of us is at war until Mashiach comes. We cannot rest. We cannot just assume that everything will go smoothly. What is the war? The war is self-discipline. The war is self-refinement. The war is self-control. The war is to put selfishness aside and to see the other. How do we do all this? Torah tells us that in order to battle successfully and to win the war, the war against evil, and we need to identify this evil, well, we have to identify, first of all, with our divine soul. Who am I? I am an Ashoma. And when we identify as a neshama and we try and put those glasses on, the neshama glasses, and look at things in that sort of refined way, it's not about me. It's about what I'm doing here. It's not about my feelings. It's about somebody else's feelings. It's about explaining how I feel in a gentle way that doesn't trash someone else. It's an entire way of thinking about ourselves, that we are God's child that we carry a part of God in us. And when we identify with our neshama, we actually are backed up by the full power of the holiness of Hashem. And holiness is powerful. Holiness is unity. We read in the parsha a few weeks ago a call from Moshe Rabbeinu from Moses, our teacher. And we say that at least twice a day, and it's the call of Shema Yisrael. What was Moshe saying? There's so much in that line, in those six words. But one of the things he was saying is, Shema Yisrael. Listen, O Israel. Listen, my child. Hashem, transcendent God, is Elokeinu, our God. Imagine Moshe's God is my God. Elokim also means power. Imagine, Hashem is our God, all of us together. Big tzaddikim, we can understand they're connected to God, but we have that ability as well. Hashem Echad, God is one, which means if everything comes from God, everything comes from the source of goodness. So even our challenges, our challenges are goodness clothed, in challenge, in order that we gain a reward. But when we say the Shema, let's identify, let's hear that Moshe Rabbeinu is calling to us. The faithful shepherd is calling to us. And he's saying, listen, O Israel, God is our God. The God that I know, he's your God as well. And he's Elokeinu, which means the imminent God. He's accessible. And no matter where you turn, 
no matter what's happening in your life, Hashem Echad comes from Him. It comes from a place of love. So often our challenges feel so painful. And the question is, how do we remove the coverings of pain and reveal only the love? And the answer is perspective. When we realize that everything comes from Him, and He only gives good, if we summon up gratitude, thank you for this. Yes, thank you for the difficult. And we say it until we mean it. Just as we bless God for the good. God forbid when someone passes away, what do we say? We bless God. We say, Baruch Dayon Ho'emes. Blessed is the judge of truth, the true judge. It's hard, but we say it and we say it again. We say Modeani in the morning, thank you for waking me up, even if the day facing us we know has challenges in it. And if we work with these two things of love and gratitude and mouth the gratitude until we understand it internally, we actually get an incredible energy. We get backed up by Hashem's energy. Hashem Echad, Hashem Elokeinu. It's an amazing thing because our lives are not lives of peace. We ask for menucha sanefesh. We ask for not to struggle, that we can have peace for our soul. But that's not the condition of the times that we live in. Our times are times of struggle. And to struggle means that you're trying for something. You're not just struggling like a fish out of water. You're struggling, you're stretching like a champion. You're exercising. You're doing it again and again and again, reaching for the goal that you know is good. The first thing is to clarify. What am I trying for? What do I want to be? What am I reaching for? And of course, because it's the month of Elul, we are told that Hashem is like the king in the field, accessible, there. There's no yontif now. It's during the daily struggles when we're really, really having a challenging time, he's there. And how do we get him to hear us? We have to take a step toward him. And that step is that inner resolution, identifying the area that needs perfecting and taking one step toward actualizing it. When we take a little step toward Hashem, he responds with incredible, infinite, godly steps. As the well-known saying of our sages Hashem opens, Hashem says to us, open for me an opening as big as the eye of a needle. And I will open for you an opening as big as the doors, the doorway of a huge auditorium. Human effort, a small human effort, a genuine one, but that it comes from us, ani dodi. this is the time. And Hashem responds like a king, like the infinite Ovinu Malkenu, our father, our king. And we're told that the king is in the field and he greets everyone with a smiling face. What is most pleasing to the king? Most pleasing is when we take care of the king's child. After all, he is a king. Who are the kinder? Who are the children of the king? 
And so it's important that we look to Torah mentors to understand what is the call of the hour. Where are we meant to be putting our emphasis, our energies, our God-given abilities? The Lubavitcher Rebbe, when he took the reins of leadership in 1951, held an epic Hasidic gathering called Fabrengen. And at that Fabrengen, he outlined what would be the work of our generation until the Mashiach comes. And he spoke about the work of Avraham Avinu. Avraham Avinu, who features so prominently in the reading of Rosh Hashanah. Avraham Avinu, a prince. Abraham, the patriarch. A righteous man, a scholar. But to what did Avraham devote his life? Vayik Roshom B'Shem Hashem Kel Oilam. He went around to the heathens who worshipped idols. Some even worshipped the dust at their feet. They did not know about God. And wherever he went, he taught that there is a master, a creator. There is a presence in everyone and everything called Hashem. Hashem constantly recreates the world at every split second. And he went around to places that were totally beneath him, as it were. That is how he spent his time from the age of 75, even beforehand. But this is when he took up the call of Hashem, where Hashem said, Lech Lecha. We have a parsha that says, Ki say when you will go out. Go out of what you feel like doing. I feel like just sitting and studying the Torah and just being with my family. No, teach someone else Torah. And invite others, less fortunate ones, to your table. I feel like buying nice things for my children. Great. But what about the children who don't have a father like you? This is the time of the year when we need to add in things that are pleasing to the king. What pleases the king is when you look after his children. His children might be needy physically, materially. Give someone a job. Help someone to train, help someone, I mean, to train to get a job, to learn a trade. Help someone materially, but with a smile. Help someone emotionally. Uplift someone, phone someone. Yes, it's Yontif, and I'm busy, and I'm thinking. Think of God's orphan children, as it were, the children who have gone far away, who no longer know the way home, and help them with a mitzvah. You know about the story of the first Rebbe who lived upstairs from his son, who would be the future Rebbe, who lived in a floor downstairs. And the previous, and the first Rebbe, Rabbi Schneir Zalman's son, Rabbi Doiv Bear, was known for his incredible, incredible concentration. One night, he sat deep, deep in Torah study. His father was upstairs also studying. And one of the children fell out of their bed and cried and cried and cried. And the father who was right there didn't even hear. Now, would you say that's a good thing? He's so absorbed in his Torah study. He's so removed from the distractions of the world. The Zayda, who was upstairs, heard. He came down. The son didn't even notice. 
He picked up the child. He soothed the child. He put the child back to bed and back to sleep. And his son didn't even notice. Some people think that's good. Some people think when you concentrate, you're nurturing your soul, you're growing. But Avraham Avinu was our patriarch, studied Torah. Avraham Avinu was a prince amongst men. And he went around to find God's children and return them back to their father. So the Alter Rebbe, Rabbi Schneir Zalman, waited for his son to finish, and then he said to him, as deeply as you're involved in your own growth, in Torah study, you must never be so involved that you're oblivious to the cries of a child. And in our time especially, toward the time when Mashiach is nearly here, our work has to be, yes, we need to grow. But when others are starving, how can we have a feast, a family feast, as it were, when others are hungry for a word of Torah, for a mitzvah, so hungry that they're not hungry anymore? You know, there is such a phenomenon that after a while, you don't even feel your thirst anymore. And Torah is water. And we have to help the lost children to come back to their father who's yearning for them, even through doing one mitzvah. A child can be one who's little, and we have to raise them and teach them the ways of Hashem. But a child can be advanced in years. A child can be someone who has not developed his soul. It's still there, pristine as the most beautiful diamond, but it just needs to be uncovered. It needs to be polished up a bit. The truth is, it's polished. It needs to be uncovered. And this is our work in these days of Elul more than anything else. And if you want to know which mitzvah to do, that will really, really make Hashem credit you for so much. And please, God, empower you to come with confidence on Rosh Hashanah and request all that you need. It is really reaching out to others sharing what you have, a word of Torah, a mitzvah, helping them as well. And there are so many things that are easy to do, but so valuable to Hashem, a coin in tzedakah, and of course, to give others the opportunity to put on tefillin, to light a Shabbos candle, to study some Torah. It's an amazing thing. Just to display Jewish books in your home brings an atmosphere of holiness into the home. To put on tefillin once has infinite, lasting, till the end of time power and never goes away and is so pleasing to Hashem. The children of the king are waiting. The child is lost. Bring the child back to the king and the king will reward you. Of Vinu Malkenu, when we say our father, our king on Rosh Hashanah, we will come before him. And he will have hakara satayv. He'll be thankful to us. We return a lost child that was estranged. A child that maybe fell out with him. And we bring him back. The father, the king, is happiest. When you help his child, it's incredible. And of course, everything in this world that he gives us is in a sense a kind of child of Hashem. When the food is correct and a bracha is made on the food, 
and we thank God after the food. In a sense, it's we've returned the food to its rightful owner. And when we teach someone about that, it's a double mitzvah. I think you get what I'm saying. This is an incredible, incredible month where it's easier to please Hashem, where His 13 attributes of mercy are there. We'll be right back after this short break. You're listening to Conversations with Mashi only on 101.9 High FM. I'm Mashi Lipsker. Erev Shabbos Parshas Kiseitze. When you will go out. Like Avraham Avinu, the patriarch, whom Hashem instructed Lech Lecha, go out of yourself, but also go out for yourself. When we go out of ourselves, as it were, we go out of what we want, and we devote ourselves to what Hashem wants. Lech Lecha, Kiseitze, Hashem will make you victorious. Not only victorious in your battle to subdue or to take captives back where you want to help other people who might be stuck in difficulty. And not only when we try and discipline our inner selves will we have victory, but we will have victory on that day of judgment, Rosh Hashanah, when it is, in a sense, a battle. Because every mitzvah that we do creates an angel. But every deed that we do creates an angel, and therefore negative things also create a force. And all these forces gather together, on the day of the great judgment. They'll all gather, and each one will give testimony. And it will be a battle, as it were, It will be an indecision, and the upper hand will be given to the one that can prove that this person battled, this person tried, this person made headway. It's not so much which rung of the ladder you're on, but in which direction you're going. Kiseitse, when we go out of what we naturally like to do, and we give to a spouse, even though... We think of ourselves, I'm so tired, I'm so unappreciated, I'm so drained, I'm so burdened. But we stretch and we give to the other, particularly a spouse. We actually are enacting that Hashem is our spouse and we are his wife. And each one of us, To please our husband, even though we're burdened, even though we're struggling, even though we might feel resentful. When we go out of ourselves to do that, our spouse, Hashem, responds by giving us great victory in all the areas that we desire. Closeness to him, success with our children and our human spouses, a feeling of menuchas hanefesh, gratification, and please God for everyone, a good and sweet year, a shana toiva umesuka, a good and Shabbos.